says, this, this day I have made for you, please rejoice in it and be glad. And let me fill you with my joy and my peace, my strength, my power, and my passion. I have for you so many great things. Just draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. In my presence is fullness of joy. Let me strengthen you and encourage you to know that you can move forward. Yes, Lord. Please don't allow the distractions and the cares of this world to get you off track. When you press into me, you will find that I am all you need, truly. So seek me. And I will be found by you. I will not disappoint you. In my presence is fullness of joy. Like you may not have had before. Try me. Let me prove to you the strength I have for you. Lord God, we just worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for your joy. And it's unspeakable and full of glory, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for just your peace, that we can truly rest in you. Lord, especially when we can't find rest anywhere else, Lord God. We know that we can rest in you, that when we come to you, we can cast our cares over on you because you care for us. So, Lord, today we just cast our cares and we take a deep breath. And we just thank you, Lord, for your peace and your presence in this place, but also inside of us, Lord God. There is a deep well of peace, a refreshing, refreshing well of peace and joy because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, Lord God. So we draw upon that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We're so grateful to you. We're so thankful to you. Yes, we do adore you, Lord God. We are devoted to you. We honor you. You are so worthy to be praised. Y'all, just, just worship the Lord. Say, we just love you. You can say it in your heart if you're not comfortable speaking out loud. But if you can, just say, dear Lord, we just love you. We just worship you, Lord God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you care about me. About me. You might say that to the Lord. I, I, I'm so grateful that you care about me. 
because sometimes it seems like you're the only one that cares about me. Somebody might be saying that from their heart, but you know what? It's okay because God has you. He's engraved your name on the palm of his hand. He cares for you deeply. And he's got you. Every emotional need, physical need, financial, spiritual, every need that your soul has, God has got it covered. And it's been paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. So rest assured you're not lacking in any area because of who he is. You are complete and filled with all good things. Lord God, we just repent right now for anything that would keep us from being fully in your presence, Lord God. We just thank you, Father God, that old things are passed away. Thank you for cleansing us yet once again. Lord God, that we would not feel that there's anything in between us and you, that we would feel free to just truly enjoy your presence, your friendship, your passion for us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for it. And we honor you, we praise you, we thank you, Lord, that you care so much about each and every one of us, Lord God, that your relationship with us is personal. And we're so grateful and thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, God is good, amen? Um, giving God your best. Um, whenever the Lord put this little message, this little message, this message on uh, my heart to teach y'all, um, um, I thought it was a good message, amen? I thought it was good. I think, I think he did well, <laughs> amen? Uh, but we're going to start with this first scripture. It's, just, it's in Matthew 22. It's the foundational scripture for this teaching. And um, it's in the Amplified Bible here. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And that was somebody asking Jesus. And, it, and the answer is, and Jesus replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word that will hide it in our heart, that will not sin against you. And we thank you, Lord, for just you, just uh, revealing to us by your spirit all that you desire to teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Milton. Thank you for your pink shirt today. That's very cool. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Um, so again, the teaching uh, today is giving God your best. Giving God your best will result in you living your best life. Amen. Giving God your best will result uh, in you living your best life. Um, uh, those of us that are moms are used to giving our best to our little ones, aren't we? You know, you give them your best time, your best focus. Uh, even when they get old, you still give them your best time, your best focus. <laughs> I was down at Miracle's uh, apartment this, uh, this week, and we were cleaning. And I think she inherited a, a stove that somebody else hadn't cleaned. 
because I know she didn't do that to it. And uh, so, but we were uh, tasked with getting it cleaned out before uh, room check and before she could turn in her keys. And so, of course, we did what was right and we got some stuff and we cleaned it out and everything, but it took over an hour just to clean the inside of that thing. But you know what? You just do. You give and you just give and you give, you know, and, and, um, um, so we give our best care, our best focus, even oftentimes our best food. Have you ever just given your best food? Like you've got something to eat and your kid wants it, so you just give it, you know? Like, that's oh, okay, I, you know, whatever. It's just food. It's just stomach grumbles. But, uh, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, today, so, but today we're going to talk about what it means to give God your best and why it's important to the quality of your life. Why it's important to give God your best and why it's, uh, why it's important to the quality of your life. Amen? What it means to give God your best. Um, so God will speak to us in, in just ordinary circumstances, doesn't he? Like when you're just going through day to day and, and, you know, just a little knowing in your spirit. God will just put something in your heart and he'll just talk to you. And then the other day I was thinking about um, we have these cookie sheets that we cook everything on at my house. I mean, everything gets cooked on those cookie sheets everything cookies of co- of course and then you know fish we've cooked fish sticks on there chicken nuggets whatever you know it's just these cookie sheets have been around forever we got them as a wedding gift over 26 years ago they're still kicking but let me tell you they're as dark as night <laughs> you know and even though i've told the kids to put foil or whatever you know i it's just it just happens they're clean but they're just, uh, you know, they've been well used. Well, I had brought them up here for the baby shower a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago and um, covered in foil <laughs> to use here uh, for the baby shower. And hello. And um, hi, sweetheart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're we're so glad to have you, Susan. We love you. Okay. All right, sweetie. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, can, can we just pray right now? Okay. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for Miss Susan. I thank you, Lord, for peace for her and protection over her in every way. And we just thank you, Lord, that uh, the place that you have called her to live, that it is covered by the blood of Jesus. And, Lord God, that she is just protected by you and surrounded by your love and your care in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. That sounds good. All righty. <laughs> uh-huh. You as well. All right, so uh, 
So like I was talking to you about these little, uh, these little cookie sheets, uh, so I had brought them up here to use them, and then I was at the house, and I was like, oh, I need to get those cookie sheets. But you know what? Um, we could probably use some cookie sheets up at the church. But then I had this thought, there is no way I'm giving God those cookie sheets. I'm going to go buy some brand new cookie sheets and leave them down here for God. Because why would I want to give him my old, messed up stuff? And so I was like, huh, because I'd rather give God my best. And so that's whenever he started talking to me about this message. So that was a while ago. <laughs> but um, so anyways, um, that's with that thought in mind, it made me ask, how many times have we given God the leftovers in our life instead of the best? Our leftover time, our leftover money, our leftover love. Does he get what, you've already, what you're already done with anyway, or does he get your best? Amen? Does he get your best? Um, in the Old Testament, God's people were instructed to give him the best of their animals for sacrifice. That was in Leviticus 22, which is in the early part of the Bible, the Old Testament. Well, by the time Malachi came, which was the end of the Old Testament, God had had enough of their sorry offerings. They were giving him the maimed, the sword, the uh, oozing, the, you know, the blind, and all of this stuff. They were giving him their castoffs. And by the time we got down there, God was like, look, that's it. I'm done. I'm not receiving it. I'm not receiving that offering. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Malachi, I'm going to read in Malachi 1, 13 through 14, Amplified Bible. It says, you also say how tiresome this is. He's talking about how the priests would receive that lame offering, and they were, they're so tired of it. They, they sniff at it, and they were even disdaining the offering that was coming in. Um, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring what was taken by robbery and the lame or the sick animals that you bring as an offering. Should I receive it with pleasure from your hands, says the Lord? But cursed is the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows to offer it, but sacrifices to the Lord a blemished or diseased thing. For I'm a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be reverently and greatly feared among the nations. So basically, they're he was being made a laughingstock among the nations by these offerings, these horrible offerings people were bringing. And not that we would ever do that, because we're not. We're not. But today is just a reminder to give God your best. And, and why? Why should we do that? We're going to find out. So how does this relate to today? You know, usually when you read the Old Testament and you're like, oh, that's okay, you know. But let's see, what, how, why did God include it in the Holy Scriptures so that we could have a reference point of it for today? So how does this relate today? Why do you, who do you give your best to? Think about that for just a second. Who do you give your best to? Oftentimes we give our very best to our family or maybe our career, our job, you know, or what have you. Um, do you give your very best to yourself? <laughs> okay, just a thought. Who gets the best of your time, your energy, and your focus? How does that line up with you should love the Lord God your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Okay? Uh, so we had a marriage class here on Friday, and it was pretty good. Um, one of the main points of the teachings was that we needed to have a Christ-centered life so that the rest of our relationships could be Christ-centered. And um, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about that today. But before I do that, can you all just close your eyes for a second? Father God, we just love you. We thank you, Lord, for your peace in this place. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your goodness. We thank you, Father, that you just have your way in today's service, Lord God. And, and we just open up our hearts 
to receive all that you have, Lord. We'll not be distracted by any kind of thoughts that would keep us from pressing in and really hearing from you today what we need to hear. We just thank you, Lord, for just your peace and your presence in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what does it mean to have a Christ-centered life, you know? Because a lot of times people center their life, I mean, everybody centers their life around something, okay? Uh, when we live a life that is Christ-centered, um, they're, okay, just a second, I'm just a little bit, if not, okay, if you don't have a, a Christ-centered life, there's a good chance that your relationships will not be successful, okay? Um, when we live a life that is Christ-centered, then all of our values and beliefs will be based on that, which in turn shapes our actions and decisions, which results in a life of influence and impact, which leads to fulfillment. It looks something like this. When you have, uh, when we, this is what we learned Friday night, when you have Christ in the center, it affects your values and your beliefs, okay? Which in turn will affect your actions and your decisions, okay? Which in turn, uh, determines your influence and your impact. Like, who are you impacting? Your, what is your influence on in life? If it's Christ-centered, then your influence and your impact is going to be Christ-centered, okay? Your actions and your decisions, your values and your beliefs, okay? Um, sometimes people have um, this going on, self. My values and beliefs would be centered around self. That means my actions and my decisions would be centered around self. And then my influence and impact would probably be very limited because I'm really just impacting myself, <laughs> you know? And then what if it's just around kids? I mean, it's not a bad thing to have your kids as a priority, but when they're the center of your life and that affects your values and beliefs, well, I got to get my kids to soccer practice right now, you know, I'm not going to, you know, whatever, Th then, then that comes before anything else in your life, you know? And then, and then that influences your actions, your decisions, and then your influence and your impact is probably going to be limited to just your kids and the influence of the kids, maybe their friends or whatever. Um, or maybe your focus is just your lifestyle, like this is who I am and this is how I roll and, you know, I'm, I'm a loner or, you know what, this is my lifestyle or, or you know, whatever the case may be, then that's going to dictate your values and your beliefs, your actions and your decisions, and then your influence and your impact is going to be limited there as well because it's contained to just what, you know, lifestyle and self are kind of close, <laughs> You know, but I, we put it up there so you can see that, that if you identify as a certain, like if you identify in a certain way that your lifestyle is the most important identification of you, then that's going to affect everything. Y'all get that? Okay, so go back to the other one. But when Christ is the center and all these things line up with Christ, then your influence and your impact are going to bring fulfillment and joy. They're going to bring fulfillment and satisfaction in your life. And what happens is a lot of times people get, they, they put self or family or career or you put whatever in the center. And they put all these other things as the center of their life. And so by the time they get to the end of their life, their influence and their impact has been so limited that they feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and they're at a loss. What if they put their kids as a center and the kids grow up? What, what's left? What do you do now? You know? 
If you continually put yourself as the center, then your influence and impact is, is so limited that when you get to the end of, of your life or you get to, you know, middle age, so to speak, or what have you, then you're looking around for satisfaction and fulfillment, and there's not any. Okay? So that's what happens to a lot of people. Just wanted y'all to know that. Okay? Um, if we center our life around these other things, whatever is the most important thing, uh, then that will influence our values and beliefs and govern our actions and decisions. In turn, it will dictate what and whom we impact or influence. And if we are so centered on self or career or whatever, that is going to be the extent of our impact in life. And that will not usually be enough for lasting or complete satisfaction and fulfillment. So at the end of it all, we could feel like our life didn't matter or that everything is meaningless simply because we centered it around the wrong thing. Okay? Also, if we want successful relationships, the relationship can't be the thing that you center your life around. Because that can't be your God, okay? It is not strong enough to be the center of your life, and the person you are in relationship with cannot handle the job of being your God. It's too much. It's too much pressure, you know? Uh, they're just a person, and they will ultimately let you down, and the health of the relationship will fail with all that pressure. They just can't be your everything. God needs to be your everything in order for you to be emotionally healthy, Okay? So Matthew 6.33, we know this, says, uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. Well, we have it here in the God's Word translation, which I really like. It says, But first, be concerned about God's kingdom, His kingdom, and what has His approval. Then all these things will be provided for you. Amen? A life spent living for and loving God and giving Him your best will be a life filled with uh, joy and God's peace, protection, and favor. It is truly your best life. Amen? But let's go to Matthew 6, 30 through 33 in the message. Well, so we just read it in the God's Word, and we quoted it in the King James. But let's go ahead and read it here in the message. And it starts in about 30. Um, it's talking about, um, you know, not to worry, that God will take care of you. But here it says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, which, you know, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? So God is doing his best for you. Remember, he gives first. Amen? He's doing his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you both know both God and how he works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Amen? So when we live a life that is Christ-centered, everything else will fall into place for us. It's when we have other things as our center that we run into trouble with it all. Amen? Um, before, um, before I go on, I want to just touch a little bit on the, the difference between joy and happiness. We talked a little bit about that at the women's meeting this uh, Monday, and I'm going to just touch on it, but it's important for us. Okay, first of all, before I move on to that, let's talk a little bit more about this Christ-centered centered life, okay? If you want a Christ-centered relationship, how are you going to get a Christ-centered relationship if you don't have a Christ-centered life? You know, like you might be saying like what the pastor that did this teaching was saying, you know, I want a marriage like that or I want a relationship like that. But the bottom line is you can't wait 
to have a Christ-centered life when you get the relationship. You had to start now having the Christ-centered life. And I'm not talking just about a spouse. I'm talking about any relationship in your life. If you're wanting a life and, and relationships that have good fruit and that are stable and that can last the test of time, then you're going to need to get Christ as the center of your life. Otherwise, your relationships are not going to be as successful as you desire for them to be. Because it's, it's difficult for you to have any kind of relationship without the understanding and the wisdom of God. Because he is, what does the word say? God is love, right? And if, if he is love, then he would be the one to give us the better understanding of love, right? So if we don't put him first in our lives, how can we expect, be expected to have a relationship that is successful with someone else? Does that make sense? Okay, am I connecting with you? Do you understand? So it's really important for you personally to have Christ as the center of your life, not just so you can get, but just so that you know that you can receive better relationships from that point on, okay? We have people all over the world trying to have good, successful relationships, and they may have some that are surfacely good, but a deep, intimate good relationship has got to have Christ as the center of it because God is the author of all of this. He's the one that, that constructed all of this. And we have so many people living deconstructed lives. Y'all, y'all know the big thing about deconstructed food? These bougie, these bougie restaurants, they, have, they bring your, your food out in, in all these little different parts because it's deconstructed and you put it together. Well, God wants you to put your life together now with him so that you're not out with all these deconstructed parts trying to have relationships with your emotions over here and your anger flying out over there and, and your neediness right here, your insecurity over here, and all these deconstructed parts, and you're trying to function in life like that. When you come together and make Christ your center, all that pulls together and complete, you're a complete person. You're whole in and of yourself. You don't have to have somebody else to make you whole. Only God. So we have people out with pieces just hanging around that need to be all put together, like Humpty Dumpty who sat on the wall, and he had a great fall, and all these pieces are everywhere. You know, or Mr. Potato Head with all these little eyes and the nose and everything just scattered around. And when you come to Christ, all of that comes together and is centered in the right way so that you can be whole. And that's why we have so many problems with relationships is because people, just all their stuff is scattered everywhere and it's exposed and it's, you know, uh, if, you're not, if you're not really having Christ as your center, as the one you go to, as your, your stronghold, as your everything, then a lot of times your emotions will be your everything how you're feeling today, what you're thinking about, you know? That'll be what's controlling you. And a lot of times whenever that happens, um, uh, the worst of you is hanging out. Does that make sense? The worst of you can be just hanging out all deconstructed, like on a plate <laughs> for somebody to come out and pick at, okay? But whenever, whenever you say, you know what, God, uh, I, I'm coming to you. Like just recently, I had a situation where uh, a friend of mine uh, hurt my feelings. And, um, 
And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what to do to deal with it. Um, uh, but I just went to God. And I said, God, you know, please, I, I don't know what to do. Can you fix this? And so God went to work, and he fixed it that very evening. Okay? But a lot of times if you don't know to go to God and you can't get his power and his, his movement in that relationship, then you're just going to stay like that and stay hurt and exposed and open. Uh, and and you, don't know, you don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to fix it. But if you just go to God and say, God, I can't fix this. Can you fix this? Then he will move and he will go because he just needs faith. He just needs faith. He just needs you to come to him and ask for his help because he's not going to force it on you, okay? He can fix any and every relationship ever, amen? He can, but you got to go to him and ask him for his help and then, and then do it on his terms, which means making him the center of your life so that he can, he can feel all those things inside of you and you can be complete, because it's hard for you to, to go and have any kind of relationship when you're not complete. Amen? So, um, like I was talking about joy, happiness is something that is fleeting. It's a superficial thing. You get from maybe like a temporary fix. Anybody ever go jogging and feel euphoria afterwards? Not me, but Pastor does. <laughs> you know? So happiness is just kind of like a, 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 a fun, a good feeling. Like maybe, how about after eating some chocolate cake? There we go. Feels pretty happy then. It's some good stuff right there, you know. But that's just a feeling, a happiness, or whatever. Joy is more lasting. It's deep on the inside, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's actually a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, that's a gift to us when we receive God, and uh, whenever we go into God's presence, we receive the fullness of joy. Amen. Um, so people get joy and confu uh, confused with happiness all the time. Happiness is uh, something that is fleeting. It's a superficial thing that you can get from temporary fix. Like I said, a jog or eating a piece of cake, mm, that tastes great. It makes you feel happy. Joy is a deep feeling of peace and contentment in your soul that comes from the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1.8 says that we're filled with joy and the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. Many people spend their whole life seeking after happiness and never experiencing true joy. They're just going after the next thing that's going to make them feel better, the next shopping spree, the next meal, the next movie, the next whatever to make them happy, the next vacation, the next whatever. And they go from this spot to spot to spot because they're not centered on Christ where their true joy would be. So they're just living off of these little happinesses here and there and here and there, and they're not full. Uh, they're not satisfied, okay? Um, that's why they don't feel satisfied or fulfilled in life. Giving God your best result will result in true joy on the inside. We always quote Nehemiah 8.10. So this is, a, this is my last set of scriptures. I just have two more. Um, Nehemiah 8.10. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We always quote that, right? I want to read, you, read to you the entire passage in context. And it's God talking, uh, actually, it's God, of course, the word, but it's in Nehemiah, and it's uh, Ezra actually talking, who was the priest at the time. Um, Go back to your homes and prepare a feast. Bring out the best food and drink you have, and welcome all to your table, especially those who have nothing. This day is special. It is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve over your past mistakes. Let the eternal's own joy be your protection. That is in the, in the voice, uh, which is a great translation. Y'all should... Uh, do a little research on that translation. They really have worked hard to get it together. Um, it says um, they were to prepare their very best, their feast meal, 
and give it away to those that didn't have anything. Um, they were going to partake in it as well as give it away. When we give our best to God and those he has put in our lives, we can leave, it says, leave your past mistakes. Do not grieve over your past mistakes. We can leave our past mistakes and grievances behind and rejoice for the Lord's own joy will be our protection and our strength. It says, let the eternal's own joy be your protection. Um, his joy is our strength and it is given to us, like I said, by the Holy Spirit. Um, in Psalm 1611, it says, that will show me the path of life in the presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And then I also have it here in the voice that I wanted to read to you real quick. I don't think I gave that to you, uh, Pastor Donnie, but let me read it here. Uh, it says, you direct me on the path that leads to a beautiful life. As I walk with you, the pleasures are never ending, and I know true joy and contentment. Amen? Making God the center of your life will bring you true joy and contentment. It will, it will be your best life. Amen? A life spent living for and loving God and giving him your best will be a life filled with joy and God's peace, protection, and favor. It is truly your best life. I ran across a quote while studying this all out in Matthew Henry's, Henry's commentary uh, that I thought I would share with you. Listen, uh, this is Matthew Henry. Um, the darkness of trouble arises from the darkness of ignorance. Okay, now you might say, what does that even mean, Miss Rita? The bottom line is if you don't know, then you'll be in the darkness about it. You'll be in the dark about it. But this is my quote. Sometimes we just need to be informed of the truth and then the light capital L, will shine, and we will no longer be ignorant. Then our troubles will not be the threat that they once were. We have got to get what God says about every circumstance in our life to be more important than the circumstance. I'm going to say that again. We have got to make, to get, to receive, to learn, to know, and to make what God says about every circumstance in our life more important than the circumstance. That's the light of truth. Amen? Once you get the light of truth or the, the information uh, of what God has to say about it, that will bring light to the situation. And you will have the wisdom that you need to move forward. What does James 1.5 say? It says, if anybody lack wisdom, all they have to do is go to the Father and ask, and they'll receive it liberally without reproach. God's not going to reproach you. He's not going to say, you should have known better. He's just going to give you what you need. He's going to give you the wisdom that you need, okay? So that the light can be shed on the situation so that faith and truth and the word of God can be more real to you than the circumstance. Does that make sense? Okay, so. Amen? So there's a few things that I just want to recap before we close, and I um, am so sorry that we had such a long service today, but um, that's okay. God is faithful. Amen? Is that in order for our relationships to be successful, God has to be the center of not only our life, but the relationship. Okay? And it's hard to have God as the center of the relationship if he's not the center of your life. Amen? Joy, true joy, comes from being in the presence of God and from giving to others. Okay? That's where you're going to get fulfillment, satisfaction, and uh, have your best life. Amen? Happiness is something that is being chased all over the world, and that's not who you are. God may give you some enjoyment out of a movie, a book, a nice meal, 
but your true joy comes from him. You know, everything else will be added. So that everything else will be added is the nice movie or the nice meal. And that's good, but that's not the center of who you are. And that's not the center of your joy. God is. Amen? Okay, so we're going to close. Sorry, I just had to quick get through that. I'm not going to apologize again. But anyways, does anybody have anything that stood out to them that they'd like to share before we close? Desire for um, our lives to be centered on you in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that our, our lives would be Christ-centered and uh, that we would be able to uh, hear from you and discern from you uh, how to walk out this life that you've given us and blessed us with. We honor you. We praise you. If there's anyone here who's not sure that they're saved, uh, but you want to be, if there's anyone here that's in question, but uh, you want to just even rededicate your heart to the Lord or, or uh, just make sure that you're his, if you don't know, if you died right now and you're not sure you would go to heaven but you want to be sure if that's you raise your hand any of that if that's you raise your hand and we'll pray with you privately uh, but together is there anyone here that wants to just do any of those things anybody everybody good all right. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we are all yours and that we are here in the house with you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for uh, just uh, these wonderful mothers and grandmothers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for